0: Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. Uh, Mark here, as usual, with Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing, mate? Oh,
1: Mark, I, I can't lie. I was a little bit flat after uh, after the weekend, after seeing uh, Andrew Davy go down in the fourth minute, but, oh, yeah, but i tell funny. you what, you know, I, I, I had a good weekend away. I caught up with you this weekend, so I, I guess things could be worse.
0: Yeah, mate. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely had some celebratory uh, scotches on Friday night, and then... <laughs> sort of into a, a dejecting Saturday afternoon uh, and then a pretty good game on the Sunday, well, mostly good for the first game. And then I was actually uh, away for the weekend up at uh, in the rainforest and I had no internet reception. So I was texting you getting fantasy scores, but apparently I missed the worst game in recent memory with the Raiders and Sharks.
1: Yeah, that, that game was a little bit ordinary. That was a real bludgeon. No other team looked too good in attack.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm not too devastated, and I had no fantasy players in there either. So, the other thing I'm a little bit frustrated about is I've put up two good scores, and I managed to drop ranks again this week somehow. So, all uh, all the
1: people who didn't own Andrew Davy, I guess, get uh, ahead of
0: us. Yeah, and everybody that had Captain Cleary,
1: (laughs) Oh, rewarded again.
0: I'm telling you, I was sitting there and I was trying so hard not to early crow. I was like, "Oh, he's on fifty-seven. Here we go. Here we go." And then, boom, gets picks up the ball, takes off down the the field, and I was like, you're kidding.
1: <laughs> he's got Melbourne this week. Is this the week he comes back to us?
0: Oh, is that's is that's assuming he's going to play.
1: Yeah, that's true. He is named, but, you know, you never know.
0: Yeah, and I guess that probably leads us into our first game here, and we may as well get stuck straight into it, which is Panthers-Melbourne on Thursday night. So uh, they've named Cleary to play, and he's probably, the I guess, the big talking point out of this whole game. What's your? What would you rate his percentage chance of taking the field?
1: God, this is a, a real guessing game. Now, I mean, who knows? Like, oh, like I would have thought pre-team lists, it wasn't a very high chance. Like a concussion coming back on a five-day turnaround, you'd think. Like, why would you want to risk him in round three? Like it's a twenty-five week season. He's going to be playing Origin. You've got Matt Burton sitting there. Isn't this the reason you kept him?
0: Yeah, well, that's exactly that's almost word for word what I said to somebody. Uh, on a, on a process so like, can't believe it. I read today uh, because of the concussion protocols, the first time he's allowed to do full contact training this week is on game day.
1: Oh, right. He's going to be so, doing the captain's run.
0: He, yeah. The morning, the Thursday morning is the first time he's allowed to do full contact. Wow. If, if Assuming that he goes through every other stage with no issues whatsoever. So you have to think, you know, premierships aren't one in round three. You have to think he gets pulled. And like you said, that's the reason that he it's the reason that the Panthers are fighting tooth and nail to actually keep Burton in their team, it seems silly. Outside of him, we've got a couple of guys who are both in my team, one of them doing really well and one of them doing really poorly in Paul Momorovsky and Kurt Gatewell <laughs> Mate, what is Ivan doing with his rotations?
1: Yeah, it seems like there's no 80 minute forwards in the, in the Panthers anymore, outside of uh, whoever's starting at hooker. Uh, yeah, it's it screams sort of run away from me. Uh, you know, unless you want to ride the uh, the out two tries a week roller coaster.
0: Oh gosh, yeah, and I mean the big thing is um, it. I can see why it makes sense. It, everyone's pretty fresh, but mm. then the thing that didn't make sense to me is kickow got sobbed off twice. and Catewell went off. He played the first 50 and then went off out went off and then went straight back on like 3 minutes later when they had a, a hia or something so the whole thing doesn't really make a lot of sense to me but i mean they're 2 and 0 and they made the grand final last year so there's only so um, there's only so much criticism i can give an undefeated team that's that's uh, looks really good so far yeah like did did Kurt Cable have an injury or something like it did like nrl.com doesn't say it
1: was a hia change he No like- no he literally
0: just got subbed off and then hmm. just they never bothered putting him back on. That's and really strange. I wonder if maybe it was. It, I would. I would think my my gut re- reaction would be like, oh, you know, because he's uh, he's gonna play big minutes other weeks when they need him to. Maybe they just rested him this week. But why would they risk kick out putting him back on? You'd think Capewell would be the one that was more expendable.
1: <sighs> I mean, maybe they don't want to risk their origin hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: let's, let's only hope. Uh, I've seen a couple of teams with Charlie Shane. Uh, Charlie Staines, so you really – I always said Charlie Sheen there. Uh, he's, <laughs> playing, he's playing like Charlie Sheen at the moment. <laughs> uh, doesn't, it doesn't have
1: any tiger blood, though.
0: <laughs> except uh, who who knew that he wasn't going to score three tries a game? Yeah. Uh, if you got to Charlie Staines, you probably need to move on from him. But Momorowski's doing awesome. At the moment, yeah,
1: yeah, he, he got bailed out a little bit though. He wasn't going too great in that in that Bulldogs game, and then all of a sudden, he uh, bags two tries in the last 15 minutes. So, yeah, that was pretty handy, but yeah, he's flying.
0: Yeah, the, mate, the great players find ways to score points. Mm. Seems like he might be the Zach Lomax of this year. So, uh, sorry, I hit on the sore point there. Um, <laughs> mate, uh, the other one, the other one that's, I guess, been a victim of this rotation is Spencer Lanue. Uh, With Tyrone May coming back and not filling into that hooker role, he only sort of played that 30 minutes and scored 29, I think, uh, which is probably not what you were hoping for for all these people that brought him in.
1: Yeah, he he seems like one now that um, if you've got him, you know, he's still going to be a slow burner. He's going to make that money. But, yeah, he's not one I'd be targeting anymore, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think it was – I actually managed to avoid him. I was going to go croker to him. If Watson didn't score very well as part of my loophole thing that I did, mm. I'm so glad that I uh, I didn't trade Croker out after his 52 on the weekend. But I, I'm sure we'll get there. Um, yeah. So I'm guess I'm happy sitting on him for now. Over to Melbourne though. Uh, uh,
1: just, just before we move on from Penrith, okay. what about uh, what about Mitch Kenny? Any interest there? 430k, oh. 46 points last week, 80 minute hooker with Appy gone for another <sighs> month or so. What's his price? He's 437k, break even at 22.
0: I mean, I think the short answer is you'd probably be silly not to be interested. Mm. Um I might look to do a pivot, say you could even do a Cape Well to a Kenny.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah. bank the eighty K or Davy up to Kenny and, and it only costs you about ninety K.
1: Yeah, no, he, he sort of seems like he's going to be one of those mid forty scorers for the next month or so. So yeah, he seems like a good option. There's plenty of cheaper options around this week though, but mm. yeah, one, one to keep an eye on, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say, and this is a guy that we're going to bring up later, and I guess it'll be part of the questions. I've seen a lot of people talking about moving Turpin. Uh, it seems to me like going Kenny to Turpin to Kenny is sort of a bit, you know. You take you're banking 100k, but you're probably getting similar scores, and you're not probably you're probably not going to make 150k on that mm-hmm. deal. Uh, so I'd just be really careful about you know what option you're looking at if you do, if you do look at Kenny, um, Pappenhausen bailed himself out again, mm-hmm. uh, managed to get up to almost 300 run meters, and um, yeah, he's uh, he's looking pretty like a much higher floor option than last year.
1: Yeah, for sure. You were, you were panicking last week. You were wondering what he was doing. But no, my, my man, Pap, he, uh, he came back with a vengeance in that second half. And yeah, he, uh, he, he looks um, a much improved player than what we saw even two years ago. You know, like he's really become like added extra dimensions to his game, as we've spoken about previously.
0: Yeah. Um, and it seems to maybe even have come, in at, come at the detriment of Munster. Yeah, that is strange, isn't it? Like Munster hasn't really been hitting the highs that we thought
1: he would. Like we sort of thought he'd be averaging, you know, that mid-50s even without the goal kicking. Um, mm. But, yeah, it doesn't really seem like he's he's going to do that. What would you do if you were a Munster owner? Would you sit
0: firm or would you look at, you know, trading him out? Well, the question is who you're trading him to. Mm. You know, he's in, a, in that sort of awkward price range at the moment, I'd probably look to hang on to him for a couple more weeks because I have scheduled a couple of sort of bludges for him to start with. So they were pretty poor against the Eels and lost, and obviously they played the Rabbitohs in round one. They're going into the Broncos in round four, though, and then the Bulldogs in round five. Okay. So um, if after round five his average isn't in the mid-50s, I'd probably then be looking to move on, and hopefully you got one of these guys – uh, that's sort of the uh, guns injury impacted guns. Maybe one of them's bottoming out, and you can you know go him down to you know say Adam Reynolds or something like that, and and bank some money, or even uh, you know Harry Grant's coming back in round five. You know maybe save up and and look to do something like that even, or uh, or Ponga. You know there's a few options floating around there. I probably wouldn't be panicking after two weeks. He's averaging forty nine and a half.
1: You know. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to hard to really complain.
0: Yeah. I, I would assume if, if Cameron Munster is the biggest problem in your team, you're sitting in the top 20 overall at the moment.
1: <laughs> that's a good point.
0: Yeah. Um, I can't believe that they're rolling with George Jennings again. He was terrible. Um, Remus Smith bailed his owners out, though. I assume what happened after his nine last week is anybody that started with him traded him out and then he's put his good score in. <laughs> Um,
1: as is the way, always.
0: <laughs> as is the way with the, the El Cheapo fantasy options. Uh, Christian Welch wasn't scoring that well and then managed to come back and save his score.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's one of those guys, though, isn't he? Like he uh, he can rack up a couple of negatives and then all of a sudden he'll go on a little bit of a run where he's throwing an offload, busting a tackle, something like that. Like he's, uh, he's, he's a real workhorse middle Um so, yeah, like a, a good score for those who started with him. Hopefully no one traded him out after last week.
0: Yeah. Um, this Melbourne team's looking a bit light on, isn't it?
1: Yeah. What is uh, – a some interesting bench uh, options there, isn't there?
0: Oh, Aaron Fettuccini down there. What position is <laughs> he? I don't even know. Let's find out. He's a prop. There we go. Okay. Um, yeah, so that, that that explains the bench. So you've got a couple of props and, and irons there. Um not really anybody outside of Pappenhausen that I'm interested in in this Melbourne team, fantasy yeah, it's,
1: wise. It's pretty uh, fantasy quiet, isn't
0: it? Yeah, Brand Smith. I'm glad I avoided that because he's put up two mid forty scores yeah. in a row now.
1: If, if you got uh, Kamikamiki, you're probably pretty happy. He's, he's oh yeah chug, chugging along as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eisenhuth's not going to be starting long enough to be relevant. So don't uh, if you if you're thinking about taking a flyer there, probably not worth it. Do you have anything else for Melbourne?
1: No, let's uh, let's move on to the game of the week.
0: Oh, gosh. The, <laughs> uh, I'll hang back on Friday and have a couple of beers with my co-workers cup. <laughs> um, so we've got the Dragons versus Manly in Wollongong at Wynn Stadium on Friday afternoon. Uh, Dragons are unchanged from the team that pulled the Cowboys' pants down over the weekend. Um, Jack Bird is getting better.
1: Hmm. What was your school last week actually done? forty something. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> wow. Even after, I guess you don't get negative points for getting dumped on your ass by a uh, cold felt, do you? So <laughs> uh, no, correct. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was a winning effort against uh, against the Cowboys, and he's running into Manly this week. So I mean, it's uh, it it doesn't get any tougher, I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, one to keep it on. I guess. Uh, if, I guess you'd be happy if you've got him. He's finally starting to produce a score after his abysmal round one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I sort of had a. I've, I've now sort of stuck my eye on him, and I want to see if he can string a couple of 40s together because he's still going to be, even if he scores 40 this week, he'll still be under that 400k mark. Hmm. Um, just to sort of keep in mind for a. Uh, I think a lot of people, I know a lot of teams had Kelly or um, one of these other centers, and they've sort of moved on from him. Well, I guess the, the Avarillo headaches, another one that's uh, which we'll get to. And he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Mate, uh, where's the Andrew McCulloch try-assist? <laughs>
1: you, you just had to poke me, didn't you? My, uh, I know your brother was as angry as I was. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought, look, I, I know some people thought differently, but I thought that uh, Josh Kerr tr- uh, try was definitely a try-assist. But mm. um, I guess the stats keepers didn't feel the same and he, he got robbed a, a few points old Captain McCulloch. but. He's still going strong. He's uh he's a uh, looking like a great option. Still no Clon on the bench. And yeah, no Clon on the bench again. So yeah, he, he looks like a potential keeper if uh Klune stays away.
0: Mate, it seems it seems like the Willie Army on the bench is a good thing, particularly when you've got those three forwards there who can cover both a prop and an edge. Mate, Daniel Alvaro. <sighs> oh,
1: How it was good his line that? break. He was on the field for about two minutes and he's storming down the field.
0: Mate, well, he's known as a tackle breaking speedster. Uh, in, in circles, certain circles. So I, uh, I'm i really loving what Daniel Alvaro is doing and seems like a very popular option. I've seen a lot of do I trade Tino to Daniel Alvaro today, which was very amusing to me. <laughs> um, uh, he even sort of came back on and took Paul Vaughan off at the end to ice the victory, which was uh, very interesting. They took their couple of starting props off to put Alvaro and Trent Merrin back on. Mate, Mez is, Mez is going hard. Yeah, he's
1: back, isn't he? He's uh he's twenty sixteen Marin again.
0: Mm, he used to be a jet too. Maybe we just um, who knows? Maybe he's just thriving under the new coach. Or uh, how do you how do you even know how these things happen? I'm really happy with Alvaro though. I mean, he's uh, okay yeah. All the signs were there, and it, it was a it was a layup. And you know, in fairness, I was projecting him for thirty to thirty five for thirty to th- thirty five points. You know, and and I couldn't. You know, I could. If you told me that Alvaro is going to be on forty-seven and a half average after two rounds, I probably wouldn't have believed you.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't expect him to get the minutes he's getting, but it seems like he's um uh, almost like the the second or third choice prop um, at the moment. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he's a great one. I'm glad I started with him. And I mean, would you? Like, I, I don't think people have missed the boat if you want to get on this week. What do you think? Do you think he's no, buying? no, yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah. yeah, no, he's still got uh, he's still got money to make. He, you know, if he can, continues on this uh, current course, I can see him averaging forty, forty to forty-five, and he's still only three hundred and sixty k. You know, 40's a, yeah. a mid five hundreds player. So yeah, definitely he's got at least one hundred and fifty to two hundred left in him. And then if let's say something happened to Paul Vaughan or um, one of their other middles, he's the next one in line for a starting spot. And and yeah. who knows where the ceiling is there in the fifties. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely worth a, a look for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I reckon if you want to get him, you're probably going to want to get him this week with his break-even being minus two. Like even, oh, a, yeah, I think a thirty-five is going to get him over four hundred k.
0: Yeah, no, you need to needs to be this week. Um, on the other side of the coin, there's a couple of players on the manly team who are in no danger of going up in price very quickly. Uh, <laughs> one of them, and Walker and Jason Saab, is another one. They're just, oh, absolutely fantasy dirt.
1: Yeah, they're uh, they're not very good. I mean, we we saw this coming, didn't we? I know you were saying. Uh, I mean, how bad was Dylan Walker last week? Like, mm. he just making so many errors and just like I can't believe he's named there again. But I guess Manly just don't have a whole lot of good options. Like no, that that's... line is just. Ugh.
0: Yeah, I honestly don't know how they've managed to get themselves in the roster position that they have. They just don't really have any good players. I have no idea where they're spending the money in their salary cap, so it's a uh, it's a bit of a nightmare this Manly roster. But there are there's one specific bright spot in it. Well, actually, probably two. Lachlan Croker coming back with a, a strong fifty plus score. Mostly, I mean, partly in in uh, benefit of the the try and the HIA decay costs. But that's exactly what we needed to get his price moving.
1: Yeah, I mean, for those who Held on to him for another week. Oh, I can't say I'm in that camp, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, I am. Um, only because of Watson, though. Otherwise, he would have been gone. So,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd still be a little bit concerned about like Croker. Like, if he were to back out that try, he's his score still wasn't very good, and you know, like it looked like he was only going to get about 50 minutes until. Um, until uh, Cuss got injured and his PPM still wasn't great. Um, mm. That said, like, you know, his break even's is low enough now. He's got that boost with the try that, you know, you can sit pretty and, yeah, hope he can uh, keep scoring mid-30s and push his price along.
0: Yeah, I certainly won't be rushing to have him in my starting 17, um, but mm. I'm pretty happy with him sitting there in my emergency, starting to churn the dollars over from this week now. So, And the other one's uh, Josh Schuster, who's been named on the edge.
1: Yes. It's uh, time for a shoey, do you reckon?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. So for those of you that are pretty new and probably gonna be asking this question, round six, assuming that he stays there, he'll get dual position as well, which is obviously very helpful. I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility that he is the back rower even when uh Sirimin comes back.
1: Yeah, he's he's, he's just gonna be our jet ski, doesn't he? he Who is uh it he was he's pretty ordinary um In, in the back row, I, I feel. Um, so I don't think it's impossible that he keeps that position. I think. Maybe the thing working against him is his age. Maybe Dez might not want to keep him there uh, permanently. But, you know, when we were talking about him back in the preseason, you know, we highlighted the fact that uh, he played second row for New South Wales in the under-18s origin, and he's played a bit of second row in his youth football. So, I mean, he's, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that, you know, that is a position for him. Like, looking at him last week. He's a quite a big body. He sort of reminded me a bit of, like, Wade Graham sort of type, like that type yeah. of um, that build, just a little bit younger.
0: Like a Bailey Sirnan yeah. or a... Or someone like yeah. that like, moved from the halves into the into the forwards, like a John Sutton type of type of thing.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. There's,
0: there's no reason he can't stay there, uh, and it's not like Kaczewski's a a big obstacle. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but uh, definitely going to be a really popular ad this week. And uh, looking forward to seeing what he can uh, he can produce.
1: Yeah, I mean, and like like we know, like even if he was to lose that um, starting spot to Syron, when he's back. Like, his break-even's low enough already because of last week that his price is going to start moving immediately. Like, he only needs to score 40 for the next four weeks and he's probably going to make about 150K, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he he doesn't really need to, uh, you know, a big score to get his price moving because his break-even's already low enough.
0: No, and you'd have to think sometime in the next five to six weeks, Kieran Foran's going to get injured as well. Um, yeah,
1: well, there's that possibility too.
0: Which is going to produce a nice, uh, an- another headache for Dez, Um but uh, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely something now where there's a clear path to his price starting to move. And, I mean, even if he goes back to the bench for one week or something like that, you know, it's not going to be a crisis. But I think he's a nice little quick quick cash maker. Uh, moving on to the next game, which would be the Rabbitohs and the Roosters on Friday night. See, Josh Mansour's managed to make his way back into the team. Uh, Latrell came back to earth a little bit. Still a pretty good st- score, nowhere near what his floor is.
1: Yeah, he got. Uh, I mean, he got bailed out a little bit at the end with this. You know, one big run and then try system like the last five minutes. But that said, his, his score also got dragged down by a sin bidding. But that said, that's it. His game. You know, he doesn't mind a mm. uh, sin bidding from time to time. Um, we'll see how he goes running into the Roosters this week. This might finally be the uh, down to earth game.
0: Yeah, look, mate, the Roosters have been absolutely red hot. So, I, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be rushing to buy him if you don't have him. Uh, that being said, obviously, we've seen that 37 sort of was his mid, mid-range mid score last year. Whereas, you know, obviously, if that's going to be his floor, then it's great with a sim bin. But, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see sort of how he goes against the Roosters. I think yeah. after this week, they got a couple of pretty easy games coming up.
1: Yeah, I mean, also keep in mind as well, like his score got boosted by um, Adam Reynolds missing the second half and he was doing the goal kicking. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah,
1: like without that, it it may even have been below 30 score. Yeah, or high high 20s.
0: Yeah. Um, Mate, speaking of, I guess, Adam Reynolds, he's going to be an interesting one over the coming weeks. So he's been named to start despite getting a pretty nasty HIA courtesy of Sean Kepi. Mate, uh, Reynolds... We highlighted him or I guess I, I did in the preseason, being, you know, having been somebody that could average in the mid-50s and might represent some value when he was starting at 690-something. Mm. Uh, where's the value point for you where you'll be looking at Reynolds?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, now, well, I mean, you know, his break even's still only 62. There's every chance he hits that this week. But he, he's, you know, with the the attacking potency of the bunnies and, you know, you have to think he's going to be involved a lot and he's going to be, you know, Kicking quite a few goals, um, yeah. I mean, he's certainly one to target. Maybe, like you said about uh, Munster, like if he's not kicking on by round four or five, that you know that could be the perfect pivot.
0: Yeah, mate. Well, I'm just looking at their schedule. So after the Roosters this week, they go into Bulldogs, Broncos, West Tigers, mm. and then Titans, which isn't as difficult of a matchup as what we thought it was going to be. Uh, Raiders, Melbourne again. Uh, so it's sort of a bit of a mixed bag coming in, um, and then the Sharks. So, yeah, I think the thing is he's, he doesn't play the first buy round, which I guess is working against him. But for me, I'm going to wait and see what happens this week, kind of hoping that he drops another 20K or so, and then I might look at him next week. Um, David Cook's back.
1: Yeah, he's back. He's out of retirement.
0: <laughs> Took him one week. He was like, no, I don't like this, you know, feed up on the porch stuff. I'm coming back. He uh, obviously got a bit tired of seeing the headlines about Reed Marnie, who obviously did really well again this week. But, yeah, Cookie's come back to stake his claim as the number one hooker. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, so much for his price going down.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> we, we thought we were going to get a cheap cook, but he's well, uh, ruined it.
0: We've got a 25K discount on starting price. Yeah, that's true.
1: Uh-huh. But, I mean, you can see the difference it makes um, playing against the Storm where he's, you know, their forward pack isn't rolling nearly as much against a, you know, depleted Manly time team where they're on top and he can, you know, run for his life. You know, a, a huge jump in run metres and, mm. yeah, it certainly showed in his score.
0: Yeah. I guess the other thing for me is I'm looking at my team and I don't have any Rabideaus players at the moment, so it might be worth uh, getting it in. So I have some a reason to watch Rabideaus games.
1: Oh, yeah, it could be a... Uh, <laughs> Could be an upgrade target for Turpin in a week or so. Oh,
0: yeah. Mate, I guess the other option here for the Rabbitohs is Keon Colmatungi, who seems to have wrestled that Back row spot
1: now. Yeah, no, he was uh, he was quite impressive last week. Um, you know, I, I've still got to wonder is he going to be playing eighty every week? You know, given that Reynolds and Paulo only played about forty minutes last week, and the Rabbitohs only had a fifteen men uh, squad for most of that game. Um, I mean, even so, like even if he is only getting sixty, like I could still see him averaging forty quite easily. Um, mm. right. But yeah, I mean, he's he's starting to get a little pricey now. I'm pretty sure he's over four hundred thousand. Is he? Three ninety nine, right there.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mind him. I guess the big question for me is, why would I spend a hundred k extra to get him instead of Schuster? Mm. That I guess that's the the awkward question. In another week, in another you know situation, I'd probably look at him. Uh, but you know, given that we've got Schuster sitting there a hundred k cheaper, it sort of seems a bit silly to, to. I'm not sure what the value proposition is. So,
1: yeah, no, understandable. Just-
0: potentially just the long-term security. But, yeah, and no, I definitely – I wouldn't dissuade anybody from buying him, that's for sure. Mate, um, Teddy, I'll be honest, has me a little bit worried.
1: Yeah, he seems to uh, be a little bit try-dependent. But that said, like like one of his tries last week – A lot I of know- them are
0: just sort of falling on the ground tries. They're not. Yeah,
1: exactly. They're like just eight-point tries. They're not like, you know, those huge tackle-busting line-break tries. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least his goal kicking was improved this
0: week. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't be any worse. Um, I mean, he's got eight tackle busts in both games there and and an average of 170 metres. So I guess between that, you know, you're looking at a base in the 40s before you even start looking at tries or any of that sort of stuff. No try assists across either game despite despite them scoring an absolute mozza. So I guess maybe he's just scoring them rather than setting them up this year and obviously they'll swap between those two. Maybe I shouldn't be worried. Yeah. Um, speaking of being worried though, Lachlan Lamb has a lot Mm. of people worried.
1: Yeah, I think he's, I think that's time to jump off. Like I I said last week, I'd be worried that, uh, you know, he didn't get any attacking stats in a 46 point win. Well, it put up 40 this week and he still doesn't have any attacking stats. Um, Mm. yeah, I'd, I'd be quite concerned if I, if I was a Lamb owner and I'd probably be looking to pivot to one of these cheaper halves that's available this week.
0: Yeah. I um I ha I I saw one like passage of play where he got the ball and he sort of scooted in front of the defensive line, but he obviously doesn't know that you get points for for t- like doing the teddy slap off, <laughs> the crab run points. He's yeah. just like, he's trying to avoid them and actually not letting them touch him, which he's clearly not aware is uh is not the way you play football. So, um,
1: um, I mean, I, if you if you if you want a halfback, you should probably just get Lindsay Collins. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, setting up all the tries at the oh, moment. Gosh,
0: yeah, um, mate. Yeah, so our boy takiaho again mm. di- on the disappointing end. Uh, I guess scoring fifty-two and or fifty-one and forty-eight or whatever he's gotten and being labelled a disappointment is uh, is a bit rough. But we're sort of seeing his low end in terms of his minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean. I mean, you're probably going to see that low in terms of his minutes because the Roosters are beating everybody by 40 each week currently. Um, you know, we saw last week Takiyahu played the first 54 minutes straight when the game between uh, when the game against the Tigers was actually, you know, a little bit tighter in score. Like it was 12-6 at halftime. And then the Roosters just sort of ran away with it in that first 15 minutes of the second half. So once uh, the Chooks were actually up 28-6 is when Takiyahu came off um, – you know, I'll be interested to see this week against the Rabbitohs what, what his minutes actually look like as long as that game remains tight because, you know, like we spoke about last week, you'd expect the Chooks are going to want to have Takiaho on the field when, um, you know, when when there's goal kicking necessary. And he seems to be playing that sort of like lock role. Uh,
0: and the other thing is he didn't even really look tired. Mm. You know, he played that 53 minutes, went off, and then I was sort of going, okay, so the rotation here is he plays that except i think i think it was for feeder that daniel saluka for feeder um, went back on towards the end um, yeah. maybe where that might have been takiaho's extra 10 minutes or something where he would have pushed into the 50s um, definitely one to keep an eye on i mean the big thing with takiaho is he doesn't play origin he's got a pretty good base you know he's got a pretty secure role in his team there's no rush to trade him out yeah. Um it's probably more one of those things you can just let him sit there. Um he's got a pretty high ownership and most of the people that own him are people that are sort of pretty switched on. So he's not costing you any positions at the moment. The the big thing is going to be when people get impatient, is it going to be that you hold on to him or that you sell him and the right making the right decision at that point might be your um deciding factor.
1: Yeah, uh, like I think he's definitely a hold for now, you know, like sit pretty, take your 50s for now and and just see what happens when he's actually in a tight game. You know, like if he's still not getting the minutes, you know, if if this is a close game against the Rabbitohs and he's still not getting the minutes and he's still only scoring like high 40s, okay, I'll be like, okay, maybe he's one to look to upgrade. But, yeah, I'd I'd sit pretty for now.
0: Yeah. Angus Crichton's going to be back this week. So we've got that to look forward to. The captaincy dilemma is a bit of an interesting one this week between Crichton and, say, David Fafita against the... Cowboys,
1: yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> those
1: uh, edges for the Cowboys, they're pretty awkward, yeah. aren't they? But yeah,
0: yeah, it's certainly going to be. I'll probably, I, I'm guessing that I'm going to end up staying on Crichton, but mm. it'll be interesting to see how I feel oh, yeah. come. Uh,
1: this is the uh, Angus Revenge game. Oh, these two. <laughs>
0: well, that's that settles it. <laughs> <laughs> uh anything else here from the uh from the Risters?
1: Um I mean we could talk about Tupanua, but I know a lot of people are interested in him this week.
0: Yeah, I mean the big thing is he's got two tries in two games. When I looked at him pre season, he's he was kind of like Jordan Rickey but two hundred K more expensive. Yeah. And I mean if Jordan Rickey was five hundred and fifty K or five hundred and seventy K right now, would you be buying him? No, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I guess that's where I'm sort of headed. He's absolutely, there There's going to be thirty fives coming. There is, and you well, know, like thirty five as a floor for a back row is pretty good. And you know, there's there's a school of thought where you can say, oh, you know, he's playing outside Luke Keary and blah blah blah. But you know, it's at some point Kyrie's going to have a quiet game or something's going to. They're going to play somebody that actually knows how to play defense, and you know, and we'll find out what that that team looks like. Then you got Radley coming back one of those back rowers might end up not playing 80 minutes. I'm pretty sure that Tupanua is going to be the one that that loses the minutes, not Crichton. Yeah,
1: no, spot on. I feel like if you've got Tupanua, like if you started with him or you grabbed him after round one, then, you know, well done. You've got a guy that's going to be, you know, chipping away now at his price. But, you know, exactly what we've seen in the first two weeks from Tupanua is like... You look at his history, and that's basically who he is. You know, he's sort of similar to Tino in the fact that, like, if he gets a try, he's going to be like in the seventies. If he doesn't, like, when he's playing, you know, like a Panther, like a top four team, he's going to be in the thirties. Like, and it just so happens they run into the Rabbitohs this week, and it's you know every chance that he's in the thirties this week.
0: Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see. And, I mean, the other one's Victor Radley as well. So, he comes back this year uh, this for the first game this year after uh, missing the first couple. So, he's still got a couple of weeks on Sam Beryl's. Uh, Radley's coming back by the interchange, by the looks. I would suggest he's probably going to play 50 minutes at hooker.
1: Yeah, you'd, you'd think so. Like, given that Lussick only played, what, the first 30 minutes last week and then never came back, you'd expect yeah. Radley's going to be taking bulk of the hooker minutes this week.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm sort of seeing. they just sort of chuck him on and let him be the hooker this week and ease his way back in, and then he'll sort of take that lock roll and probably push the for feeder out of the team when Veryls comes back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Uh, on to the first game on the Saturday, Raiders and Warriors. So, Raiders, welcome back Jared Croker, who displaces Sebastian Chris, who's been really, really good for the first couple of weeks, but we sort of warned you that that was going to happen, so none of you should have him. Hudson Young, I obviously missed the second game, but it seems like he scored well again.
1: Yeah, yeah. he named another try. He, 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 it right. sort of seems like, um, you know, similar to Tupanua, but but with like a little bit of a higher base in that regard. Like, you know, he's he's one of the guys that um, tends to score like, you know, low to mid-40s um, without a try, but then he, he's got these big games in him where he'll bash over the line and bust a few tackles. But, yeah, he sort of reminds me of Tupanua in
0: that regard. Yep. Um, So, obviously, we're not going to be investing high 600Ks in a back rower that's tie dependent. Um, But speaking of guys in the high 600Ks, Josh Papali uh, has sort of correct, mostly corrected his break even now. So, it's down at 59 after a 56 last week. Uh, Owned by 14% of teams, you have to think this game's going to be played a lot in the middle of the field. I guess I asked you this question last week, but I'll ask it again. On on the record now, where's your value point for Papali?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he was one we were, you know, we were discussing in pre season about if he had value, and you know, we thought there was a couple of um, points of value there. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, you're getting what a fifty thousand dollar discount now at starting price. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and his break even is still in the sixties as well. So, I mean, if you wanted to sit and wait another week, you you know, you've got that luxury as well to see what his uh, minutes are and see what he does. But yeah, uh, I mean, he, I mean, he's definitely an upgrade target. He's one to look at, but again, you've you've got that uh, origin headache. But maybe the discount's worth it. Yeah,
0: um, he's kind of in a similar boat to Takiaho, where mm. th- where you know they're sort of churning out like he'll he he'll, he'll score fifty something. I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on the minutes moving forward. If he can put up say, 55, 60 points in 55 to 60 minutes against the Warriors, I'll definitely be having a look at him next week, I think. The only, I guess, the big damper on him is Ryan James, who's uh, absolutely playing out of his skin. Yeah, I see a lot of people uh,
1: wanting to bring Ryan James in this week.
0: (laughs) I don't know if I'd be that bold. But,
1: yeah, no, he's off to some great starts. He had a try week one and a big line break last week. Um, yeah, it's great to see him back performing, but I, I still don't think I'd be targeting him for fantasy. Like, he's only getting 40 minutes a week. He's typically uh, not a huge, you know, PPM guy when he doesn't get those attacking stats. But, yeah, no, great mm. to see him back.
0: On the other side of the ball, we're going to be looking at the Warriors who are pretty much, I mean, I, I, they've had a couple of changes actually, but they sort of look like the same team. So, um, Harris Tevita out, Sean O'Sullivan in. And uh Murchie in for somebody who I'm not identifying uh, at the moment. T'amor, T'amor Brown is out. Tamo Brown. That's right. And it looks like Bunty Alfo is gonna start. So mate, uh, I guess Sean O'Sullivan's the main talking point from this team.
1: Yeah, I mean if he uh if this if we weren't getting Josh Schuster this week, I think Sean O'Sullivan would almost be the most popular player. Um yeah, we don't have a huge sample. I think he's played about um eight He's had about eight uh, NRL-level starts where he's played the full 80 minutes for, you know, about a high 30s average. And, he, you know, he sort of seems like that guy. Like I was we, I was taking a look at his reserve grade stats today and, you know, he played uh, 13 games in 2019 in the Queensland Cup and he averaged in the mid-40s. Um, and I think in 2018 for Wyong, he averaged about 38. So he, he sort of seems like that high 30s guy and a pretty good option. What are your thoughts?
0: Mate, well, I guess I'll ask you the question this way, and I guess to to give my thoughts to you, why would somebody get Schuster who's on a five-week time frame possibly when they can get O'Sullivan who's on a 12-week plus time frame?
1: Well, I think the reasoning behind it would probably be uh, the fact that there's potential for Schuster to average more, I guess. Like I I sort of have Sullivan somewhere in, you know, the – Mid to high thirties with upside into the forties there versus Schuster at the second row. Like, you know, we we don't really know how to project Schuster because we don't have a whole lot of stats for him playing in the second row. But you generally think like a you know a terrible second rower playing eighty minutes is averaging thirty five. So, and we saw him last week; he scored forty seven in you know seventy six minutes.
0: But most I mean, of that well. was most of that was tackling.
1: Yeah, I mean, he plays for Manly, doesn't?
0: Don't you think he's going to be tackling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe that. I guess my point is that Rabbitos might have been testing him out. And um, now that they sort of know that he can actually hold his own defensively, well, teams will know mm. maybe they, that he's not going to be, he's not going to have as big of a target on his head. It's kind of one of those situations where for me, like I'm tempted to go for the anti pod move mm. and, and go, oh, I guess this is the pod move. And go, all right. You know, everyone's jumping on Schuster because he seems like the obvious one. But you know, maybe O'Sullivan can can be within a couple of points. Mm. You know, and you've got a, a lot more time up your sleeve.
1: Yeah, I, like, I guess the difference is as well. Like you know, Schuster's break even is three versus O'Sullivan twenty four. So like mm. O'Sullivan, oh, sorry, Schuster is going to start. Like rocketing in price this week versus, you know, O'Sullivan. If you wanted to wait a week or two, he's still going to be, you know, fairly cheap for the most part. Um, you know, if you had, if you could only get one this week, you could get Schuster and then maybe, you know, you've got uh, a problem next week you need to solve. And O'Sullivan's only, you know, 340K and still there ready to be bought.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting, just an interesting thought because I know a lot of people are going to be put with that dilemma. It's just good, maybe an interesting sort of thing, especially for the. I know we've got a, a large following of Warriors fans, um, so yeah. You know, I mean, uh, O'Sullivan's shown that he can put up a big score as well. I mean, Schuster's been; people have been raving about Schuster. So, uh, and he and Schuster's actually cheaper, which is the other thing to keep in mind. So, I mean, the obvious buy is Schuster out of the two of them, but I mean, I could make an argument for. O'Sullivan if you wanted to be a little bit you know it's probably a low risk Mm. um, to go to go that way I guess is more more the point that I'm making
1: yeah I mean I don't think it's as um, clear cut as like Schuster's the buy like to be honest I think they're pretty even in terms of um, you know quality and and, uh, value there Um, Mm. like I couldn't fold anyone for taking either to be honest or both yeah why not both
0: Take <laughs> take both and uh, put some money in the bank mm. for uh, future upgrades. we got a couple of guys. Payne Haas back next week. A few other options, obviously. Payne Haas is going to drop some money. Um, you know, unknown when Maddo is going to be back. A few other guys. There's no really, no, really, not really anyone else in this Warriors team, fantasy-wise, is there? I mean, who's doing Toru stuff, but, you know, sort of we know he is what he is now.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's probably, I mean, with how long... We don't know how long Mato's going to be gone. With a real lack of um, quality edges or middles, you know, it seems like Tohu's going to be one-year-one year one, your team come uh, end of the season.
0: Yeah. Um, wait Eden got a nice try as well. So he's uh, right of the ship on his, I guess, his round one HIA. His average actually is 46.5 with a 16 break even at 467K. Is he somebody that you'd look at?
1: Oh, I mean, if you've got him, you know, I'd definitely hold him. But that said, I think I'd rather go like someone like Mitch Kenny for 20 k cheaper if I needed a hooker. Um, But, yeah, if you've got Egan, you know, he's going well. No reason to sell him.
0: Cool. All right. Might move along to the cutlery bowl. (laughs) (laughs) I probably shouldn't talk. The Cowboys might be in the cutlery bowl this year. Yeah,
1: mate. You guys lost to the Dragons
0: pretty Uh, convincingly. mate. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, all right, so Broncos look pretty similar despite a lot of their actually identical 1-17, to despite some stories coming out today that they were going to be dropping players or whatever. Um, mate, so I was really happy on Friday when I, I was going to get Milford all week and then I changed my mind and I got Davy instead uh, after the, the news that Davey was going to be starting. And um, on Friday I was really happy after I saw Milford score until – Saturday, when I wasn't very happy. <laughs> um, mate, uh, what are we doing with Milford for everybody that actually bought him?
1: Well, funny you say that because, you know, last week I was um, a skeptic and I, you know, I was uh, a little bit against Milf, but this week I'm actually more confident about him despite his low score after what I saw. Um, I thought that round one was a little bit of an abolition that Brody Croft would, you know, eat into Milford's kick meters more. But Milford uh, still had double the kick meters Croft had. It's just that there was stuff all kick meters in this game. There was only, there was less than 400 kick meters in this game. It was like the, oh, sorry, for, for the Broncos in this game. Yeah, um, You know, it was one of the lowest of the year so far, or well, the lowest of the year so far. And I wouldn't panic yet if, if I was a Milford. Um, you know, you're running into the Bulldogs this week. There's every chance he's pumping out a 50-plus again this week.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the big thing is, it's it's pretty hard to score for fantasy points when David is just running over the top of you. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, he's not going to have to play them every single week. Um, I definitely, if you have Milford, just hold him. I'm I'm certainly not I'm certainly not going to be looking to buy him now. Um, seeing that, but I wouldn't be as panicked as what you might think. Tessini nee, has got a nice try, so he's got a break even to one. He's going to be ticking along nicely for his owners. I think it'd be silly not to have him. I think pretty much every team, aside from those like auto fill teams, should have him for this year. Um, but Jordan Ricky uh, bounced back in a big way.
1: Yeah, he he definitely evened out his average, didn't he? After a disappointing round one, he came storming back and, uh, you know, looked like David Fafita to reincarnate. He was busting tackles and, you know, running. You know, he had 190 run meters, which was insane. Um, now, there's not
0: even a try in that seven years there.
1: No, no try. Just five tackle bus, 38 tackles, 190 metres. And, yeah, just huge performance. You know, and that said, like looking at um, like a lot of these Broncos players had some large run metres and that might explain, you know, the lack mm. of kick metres. Maybe there was a lot of, um, you know, set restarts and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, tuck the ball under the arm. Yes. Um, yeah, so definitely Ricky is looking really, really good. Hopefully nobody panicked after his round one low score. Mm. Um Mate, uh, and I guess there's a similar thing happening this week with Jake Turpin.
1: Yeah, people are sort of starting to panic, and I, you know, I was a, I was one. I was starting to get a little bit concerned. But that said, like, you know, like he scored fifty round one. Like, don't like like a fifty plus score round one. Don't panic. They've got the dogs this week. He's probably going to be scoring fifty again this week. There's still no bench hooker there, um, despite reports that yeah, he might lose minutes to. You know, John Asiata or someone like that, but he, he's still playing 80 minutes and I still think he's a hold for now. That said, if he's you know scoring a 30 again this week, I'll probably move him
0: on. Yeah, absolutely. I guess the good thing is his break-even's 40. So worst-case scenario, he repeats 32. 32 is pretty much as bad as you can go for an 80-minute hooker. Mm. Uh, Turpin relies a lot on attacking stats for his – and he's a bit – it seems like a confidence player and obviously they didn't get a lot of confidence from – that game, so hopefully against the Bulldogs, they can get some momentum and he can uh, he can do some stuff in attack. Outside of that, Pengai is just going absolutely ham, but certainly not going to be somebody that I'll be jumping on.
1: Yeah, he's pretty expensive. Like he started the year pretty expensive, and he's still like seven hundred and thirty k. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's not one I'd be looking at because he's not going to make enough money. But he's probably also not a keeper. So yeah, yeah.
0: no, don't uh, don't do that. Uh, Payton Hart's back next week as well. So we sort of warned people that maybe Asako was a bit of a low upside option and he's sort of sitting exactly on what we thought at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had a pretty good... uh Bounce back, like I think he scored what low thirties uh, round, round one and then forty six um, last week and a nice bounce back and he's got the Bulldogs this week. So yeah, yeah. every every chance he gets his price moving.
0: Yeah, he's chugging along, but um, yeah, sort of obviously with, with our with the back three of Tedesco, Pappenhausen and Dane Laurie is uh it's mm. all, all going really well. Um mate uh, I guess we have got to talk about the Bulldogs as well. So mate Podrick, Nick Podtrick.
1: Oh mate. He looks like a genuine keeper, doesn't he, at center?
0: Yeah, we sort of mentioned pre season that that was going to be the case. And he's got a two game sample size of doing the exact same thing both times now. So, mate, uh, if you got the luxury of being able to fix your centres this week and you didn't start with Momorowski and Tessie, definitely looking like a really good option.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, (laughs) he was one I was considering. uh, You know, I was messaging you watching uh, him bust every tackle and I was, you know, thinking about Turpin's low 30. I was like, oh, I could go Turpin <laughs> and Kodrick. But I'm uh, probably not going to do it. But that said, definitely, if you need a centre, get Kodrick. He looks an absolute weapon. Like someone that can score mid-40s in a team that doesn't score a bloody point, he's, um, he looks a weapon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mate, outside of that, obviously, we've lost Raven Fatale, and Mariner for 16 to 20 weeks. Might not even see him again this season. Um, yeah. given the injury. So Corey Waddell comes back into the starting side. I assume that everybody that started with him traded him out after he got put on the bench, um, but he actually sort of scored pretty well from the bench as well, 47 points.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's sort of who we expect him to be. He does sort of look like that, um, you know, mid to high 40 sort of scorer. Um, yeah, not a bad option again. If you've got him, I hope you kept him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm probably not looking at buying him. He's just really like in that awkward, you know, price range already. But mm. yeah, I no, definitely, um, definitely want to keep an eye on too.
0: Sort of not really seeing any difference between him and Colin Matungi for 50K less and then 100K less than that to get Schuster. So mm. sort of like, why spend 150? Um, yeah, exactly. mate. But uh, while we're on the Bulldogs, um, Jerbo 2.0, Josh Jackson.
1: <laughs> yeah, he looks uh, he looks an interesting option. Like his uh, PPM is still not, you know, great, but he, his PPM has never been great. Um, but he's playing huge minutes. You know, he, I think he copped a, a HIA in round one in like the final 10 minutes. So he played 74 minutes and then last week 80 for a score of 50 and 72, averaging 61 in those two games. Uh, yeah, he just looks like Tr- Jake Droidovic 2.0 if he keeps that up because he's just, tackling his his butt off all game.
0: 64 tackles, no missed on the weekend, and 80 metres or something was his stat line. So literally no other stats. (laughs) So I mean (laughs) that's the only worry is if the Bulldogs get marginally better, uh, he's not going to be the beneficiary of that. It'll be everybody else on the team but him. There's Mm -hmm. also the danger that he ends up out on the edge when Thompson comes back. But I guess we'll see what happens there. The the problem with it's probably going to be that by the time you know what Jackson's actual role is, he's going to be too expensive to be one that you're <laughs> wanting to buy.
1: Yeah, exactly. You, like if if you want it, like if you want to take a a punt on him, you're probably going to have to do it this week or next week. And there's every chance it blows up in your face. And really, the upside there is a guy who averages you know maybe mid fifties.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, well, I mean, Gerbe's only averaging fifty two.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: and we've got a huge sample size of him. Um mate and, and Adam Elliott is the other one averaging sixty one and a half points.
1: Yeah, he's going huge on an edge. I was a bit concerned about him on an edge versus in the middle, but yeah, he looks uh he looks every bit as good as um Leisha's missus thinks he is. Oh gosh.
0: Um so he would have been forty nine, I guess there's the, the try that would have taken him into the forties in round one and then sixty-six without a try, but fifty tackles on the edge isn't something that would normally happen. So um, I'm sort of a bit dubious on him. I think he's a really nicely set up trap now, um, and he's probably going to end up. He might score a try. This that he'll be on that edge where uh, Milford's defending. So I mean, it's it's a better matchup for Milford, but it'll, it's also a really good one for uh, Elliot as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Probably not somebody that I'll be excited about. I think for 40k more, you can get Josh Papali and and I'd probably prefer to go there if I'm being yeah, honest.
1: Or 40K less, you could take a punt on Josh Jackson. <laughs> it's probably yeah. the same downside plus upside, you know.
0: Yeah, well, 60K less to a guy that's in the next game. Um, so, mate, that's Eels versus Sharks. And the man that I'm talking about is Isaiah Papali'i. Papali'i. So he takes that Ryan Madison's edge role uh, at the moment, but even without that, he was, uh, he was being pretty much a weapon.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically exactly what you predicted is um, coming true, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yep. And it's now do, do do I have the courage to follow through and actually get him uh, now that I've been presented with an opportunity or do I not?
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's the eternal question, isn't it? Because he, he seems like he's, you know, this is the player we were promised a couple of years ago that um, just never sort of came out at the Warriors, what we've seen the first two rounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's playing really well. And, oh, man, I wouldn't begrudge anyone for um, taking a punt on him because I could certainly see him getting into the 700s.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the big thing as well is the Eels are likely going to lose at least Paulo or Brown, if not both of them, to Origin.
1: Mm.
0: Um, and it seems like maybe he's... And it seems also that he's their back row cover. And also it seems like, you know, it may not be that difficult for him to circumvent Sean Lane for a starting spot as well. So there's lots of opportunity there for him. We've seen guys come off the bench and be keepers, like, say, Jaz Tavala, come off the bench, play 50 minutes and average 50 points and be a, be a keeper. And he's at 575 at the moment. He's in the mid, which is a, an interesting position. It allows you to play Crichton on an edge, um, which is helpful. I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to go there. It seems like his PPM on the edges will have him in the high forties, but I'm wondering if maybe he can step that up, being at the Eels.
1: Yeah, for mine, he's um, he's like he comes with a an element of risk for a guy that's already. You know, nearly six hundred thousand. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm. I'm oh, he's a tough one. He's a really tough one because you don't know if um if Madison's going to come back next week and displace him, or if he can push Sean Lane out of the team because Sean Lane has been very ordinary this year. And you know, but coaches don't do what we think they should do. <laughs> well,
0: but more more to the point though is, let's say Ryan Madison was playing this week, he'd yeah. be playing his regular role, which is come on after twenty five minutes and stay on for the rest of the game. He's done that in both of these games. Uh, They didn't lose anybody in the Broncos game, did they? Um, Good question. Uh, So I think the beneficiary of the Madison HIA was the bench players and not Papali. So he he found a way to get to 50-something both times. So he made 30 tackles and 200 metres against the Broncos and then 43 tackles with only one miss and 75 metres against the Storm um the only thing that's not doing me an excite is the only one offload in two games but i mean the eels like to offload the ball and i think the more he's on the field the more he's going to have an opportunity to do that if he even goes back to that 55 roll and punches out 55 points which he's shown he can do he can score well in the middle he looks the eye test is there and that's the big thing you know i always find myself going the conservative route when i'm I'm like, oh, you know, I'll get the safe one. I'll get the safe one. You know, like, whereas it players got rewarded for jumping on guys like Reese Robson last year yeah. uh, in the mid to high 500s and they ended up at 800 and then, you know, you obviously have to get off him in time. But, you know, that's that's where you're getting your rewards. You know, I've, I've chosen a couple of guys that I wanted to take a gamble on this year, like Luke Brooks, who's, you know, averaging in the mid-50s, who's worked really good and other ones maybe not so good, like Turpin and... Kate Well, but I think really he's a he's a potential uh, he's a potential. Like I'm look the trade that I'm looking at is like Davey to Shustar and then Kate Well to Isaiah Papali, and it leaves me about the same amount of money in my bank. And I feel like both of those are upgrades.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying, and I think there's definitely an avenue there for him to become a keeper. Like, I almost like him more as a bench middle because mm-hmm. yeah, looking at that that eels rotation like Hipgrave, Will Smith, like they played bugger all minutes the first two rounds. Like Oregon is playing 30 and then Papaliti was the only real forward getting more than 30 minutes. Like the other two were getting nothing and Kafusi was only getting 30 minutes. So,
0: hey, Well, here's, here's the question for you. Does he play 55 minutes on the edge and 25 minutes covering for Nathan Brown at lock? Yeah, it's possible, I suppose. And um, then when Hipgrave comes on, he shifts into the, the edge spot and, and Papaliti goes into the middle yeah, you know, he could play eighty minutes out of that and do something like what uh, Ryan Madison was doing at the Tigers two years ago.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely that avenue there. Um, yeah, I'm, I actually, more that I think about it now, I'd I'm probably willing to take a punt on him. Like, definitely more over the guys that we talked about at the Bulldogs before.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, Rob McStay, if you're listening to this, don't steal my pod. <laughs> Papalii. <Pop-a-lee-ee. laughs> For those of you that uh, aren't aware, so Rob, uh, one of the guys now, friends group chat slash fantasy amateurs Facebook group, he uh, copied my team identically before round one, and then made the one trade that I did last week, and the two trades that I made. So he's he's copied me identically so far. Um, I bloody I said him I'm never sending him my team again, except I think he listens to the podcast and work out what works out what my trades are, and then copies them. So if you're doing this. Isaiah's off limits. He's mine. Um, oh, hey, so. outside of that, uh, Brownie Nathan Brown. What's go He's even with the injury to Matto, He only played. He played less minutes than. Um, or about the same amount of minutes as what Isaiah did.
1: Yeah, it sort of seems like um, they're having all their forwards sort of play the same minutes, isn't it? Like Isaiah, mm-hmm. Junior Paulo, Brown. Like they're all sort of um, playing that exact same role and Campbell Gillard as well you know like
0: the I think Campbell Gillard might have soaked a couple of those Matto minutes
1: yeah that's a possibility like he did get up to 53 against the storm yeah um, yeah I mean and it's a shame because like he was going really strong in that in his first stint um, in that storm game like he was going at over 1 ppm and then he came back and did nothing jumped on the treadmill
0: yeah I don't know what I think he just was doing the uh, he was doing the Tino and diving out and missing tackles so yeah. Um, mate, uh, I guess the other one, yeah. Origen Kafusi probably would have been really interesting in this rotation, except he's sort of a bit too much expensive now, and we've got Schuster again and O'Sullivan. So, he's sort of the the least exciting of the three cheap options there.
1: Yeah, he's um, probably not one uh, I'm looking at at all. Yeah,
0: mate. Uh, moving on to the other side of the ball. Oh, I...
1: well, before we move on, I, I okay. feel like I feel like we've got to talk about Reid, don't we?
0: i uh, and I guess the other two parts of the spine that don't have a, a shit haircut. Um, so uh, Dylan Brown and Moses and so Moses has got two games, both scoring 67 this year. Um, And Dylan Brown's also averaging 50, but you know, he's sort of, he sort of is what he is, but I mean, uh, we sort of knew that Moses was going to have these early scores. Although doing 67 against the Storms is pretty impressive.
1: Mm, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, like you sort of highlighted earlier about his, uh, you know, I think last week or the week before, about his tough run home. Maybe it's a little bit overstated if he's going to be able to pump these scores out even against tough opposition.
0: Yeah. Um, and then as for your boy Reed, the uh, man should get 75 even with minus 12 worth of demerits.
1: Yeah, is, is he the second coming, mate? Is this Have we overlooked him? Um, he, he's certainly playing a lot better. Like he seems to, similar to Pappenhausen, like added extra dimensions to his game. Like he was... Yeah. Pretty one dimensional, I thought, um, early on in his career, but he's playing 80 minutes now, too. Like, we didn't expect that with Will Smith there. And there's uh, you have know, Will Smith and Ray Stone on the bench, he's probably still going to play 80.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm certainly interesting to see how this all shakes out. He's probably too expensive about like I, yeah. for 13k more, you can get cooked now. Um, yeah, exactly. So he's I'm over
1: 800,000 now, like,
0: yeah. but his but next couple of games he's got sharks tigers dragons then the raiders and then the broncos and the bulldogs so i mean there's definitely an opportunity there for some attacking stats if you want to jump on and and maybe ride him up and see if you can get close to cleary but yeah no it's bloody yeah i just can't uh i couldn't see myself uh doing that um yeah. but he's been awesome um you know very very good uh speaking of awesome though chad Townsend. Uh, yes, with another good score I think he was uh I think he was in the in trouble at half time though, judging by my uh <laughs> yeah I was,
1: uh, I was I was in panic mode um watching this game because he was in the single digits for a lot of the first half and then he somehow ended up at fifty three like I think he got bailed out a little bit by some like you know try save a couple of like turnover tackles and stuff like that mm. that helped him get there but um, yeah, no, another great score from him. Unfortunately, his goal-kicking wasn't great. It uh, probably cost him the game, unfortunately. But
0: uh, Mate, yeah. uh, how's Moiser looking? Moyza? Hmm. Good question. What, what did he score last week?
1: Uh, 18. Yeah. He's, so he's back to reality is what you're
0: saying. Yeah. So 20% owned. Matt Moylan, uh, did not score very well. Surprise, surprise. His break even, he's break-even is back into the 20s again now. Um, probably shouldn't have got him, but I guess now that you've got him, you just got to hold him and hope he can get a couple of good scores. Um, that's pretty much it for the Sharks team.
1: Yeah, I mean, Connor Tracy at centre is an interesting one.
0: Yeah, I think that's um, just an injury-related something. Um, no, it
1: says a uh, Roddy. Drops to the reserves.
0: Hmm. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Um, it'll be yeah, interesting. Sure. I, I think he's cheap enough. You can give him a week and see what happens. He's only two fifty seven or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, you have to think.
0: You have to think they're going to make a change there. It might even be uh, Britton Nakora or Teague Wilton at centre.
1: Yeah, and, and Tracy's break even is thirty seven. You can definitely wait a week.
0: Yep. I would not be surprised to see Nicora center Teague Wilton at back row. If that's the case, and we probably won't find out until it's too late, but uh, Teague Wilton, if that if he's going to be there, uh, he's going to be an absolute jet. So definitely one for the black book and let's see what happens with uh, with Teague Wilton. Uh, moving on to Sunday, first game, uh, Newcastle versus Wests. Uh, Connor Watson doing Connor Watson stuff. He's uh, he's done a really good job for us and the other forty four point three percent of people that own him. Um, mate uh, Barnett and Tyson Frizzell also doing really well.
1: Yeah, we um, like I know you highlighted Frizzell in the preseason as one to avoid, but he seems like he's going even better um, than last year. He's you know averaging in the sixties. Do you think it's sustainable?
0: It's. I mean, it could be. Um, he's always been a good player, and the downside, he's been on a bad team. Um, Newcastle are definitely better. uh the probably the best team that he's played in. So, if he's uh, if he's getting a good opportunity, but then again, they've played two pretty soft teams as well.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I mean, it doesn't get tougher for a while. Like they've got the Tigers, Dragons, uh, T- Titans, and then Cronulla before Penrith in mm. five weeks' time. Um. You know, there's a real lack of good edges this year. That, I mean, there's every chance that he could potentially end up as a keeper.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you ask me right now, like, you can redo your team and you don't have a salary cap, I'd have Frizzell in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's certainly – he's certainly surprising me. Mate, uh, Tex Hui finally saved himself with a a good score after a pretty poor round one, so he got 44 and comes in now with a 10 break even. I think if you have Tex, you just got to keep hanging on to him, let him make as much money as he can. I saw Barry Tui say today it sort of seems like it's round six at the best for Ponga now, which means that he's got at least another three games, if not four plus.
1: Yeah, definitely hold on to Hoy if you've got him. That said, I wouldn't be buying him, but if you've got him, definitely hold him.
0: Yep. Um, Jaden Bailey's doing fantastic. Oh, Mitchell Mitchell Pierce is probably overperforming, but you know he's a flat track bully, similar. So you know they've had a couple of good good games, and he's uh, he's been the beneficiary of that. Um, Twenty seven tackles with one missed is better than he normally does. Is he playing to get, Is he playing next to Frizell or Barnett now? Uh,
1: that's a good question. Because I, I what Pierce defends on the right, doesn't he? So that'd be Frizell, wouldn't it?
0: Well, okay, so I put it to you, maybe that um, Frizell's predicting. Pierce a bit better than what Fitzgibbon or whoever other duds he had on his had on his edges <laughs> in the past. Um, maybe that's uh, cleaning up some of his demerits defensively. Um, yeah, that's a,
1: that's a pers- definitely a possibility. Frizzell's quite good defensively.
0: Yeah, so um, yeah, I guess at seven hundred and twelve, as we said, sort of you got Adam Reynolds at six hundred and fifty versus Pierce at seven twelve. You sort of, uh, I'm not sure what you're getting for that sixty k. Um, I guess good on anyone. I know that there's at least one person that started with him that obviously is going to be pretty happy with it. So mm. um, one of the one of the good good options there. Um, Heimel Hunt's averaging a lot at the moment, but probably not somebody to jump on.
1: Yeah, you know, he bagged a double um, last week. But, I mean, who knows what happens when uh, Edrick's fit again. Um, does he hold that spot? Does Toa drop out? I don't know. Um, probably, I mean, he's never really been a keeper, Uh yeah um I, I mean podrick's only 30K more
0: Yep. uh also looking like uh Bradman best is back doing Bradman best things
1: yeah, I mean again, he looks like an absolute weapon and uh one to target as a potential keeper center um yeah he, he's just an absolute freaking attack eh like for for a bloke that young, like he just he, like he's he just he's adds t- points to the knights, like they're worse attacking wise without him in the team
0: yeah, he's just so thick, I think he's too hard to take down. Mm. He's just got – he's like a – uh, you could tell he's got a really good low centre of gravity and he's just really hard to put down.
1: Yeah, he, he sort of um, fits the mould of what you were talking about, like, you know, those um, strong, you know, tackle-busting, um, you know, edge players. Like, he he, I mean, he wouldn't look out of place on an edge like he's that nah. big.
0: Yeah, no, nah, absolutely. Um, and uh, Stato has dropped under 300K as well. Mm. Obviously, I hope, hope nobody jumped on him. He might start – Landing in the point of possibly being a buy, depending on what happens. <laughs> yeah, he's. Oh. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd be rushing
1: in to get him though.
0: Oh no, yeah, no. He's he's entering buy land. Him and uh, I guess I'm wondering what the what the value point is for Fusatura as well. Like like how cheap does he have to get? He's 257 or something you now. I'm like, oh, if he gets to 228, will I get him? Like. <laughs>
1: So, we would have to get sub 200000
0: I think. <laughs> um, on the other side of the ball, Dane Laurie doing awesome. Uh, seemed like a no-brainer to pick him up before round one as a f- highly touted fullback. Even with a tough schedule, he's doing awesome and yeah, negative seven break even for his 50, 45% of owners. Um, Norfalluma has fallen off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess... Being outside James Roberts, that'll happen sometimes. I guess he wasn't outside him this week, but they just sucked. Definitely probably somebody for the watch list, though.
1: Yeah, if he gets cheap enough, um, once they start to hit a little bit of an easier run, yeah, definitely mm. want to keep an eye on. Break him yeah. to 77, too.
0: We did highlight the first five rounds as being really tough for them into uh, a bit softer, so definitely uh, pencil him in. There's a couple of those guys, so him, RTS, and Brimson, both going through the floor at the moment. Yeah. So uh all three of those guys you should be penciling in for uh potential options and mind you you might not ever need to trade Dan Lurie out though either. So mm. it might just be might just be uh Dane Lurie sit and forget for the rest of the year, who knows? So we'll uh we'll certainly keep an eye on all three of those guys. Um Jets back this week after being grounded last week and Joseph LoLu has been dropped.
1: Yeah, I mean not surprisingly like that. Leilua combo uh, defensively, Edge was very, very, um, how do I put it? Not great. Yeah, not great. (laughs) Poor. (laughs) Yeah, no surprises there.
0: No. So we see Zane Musgrove come back in as well. Off and drops to the bench and Chikam drops out of the team. So it looks like Off is going to be their back row cover while also coming off in the middle. I'd say this is probably bad for everybody not named Luciano Lelua or Jacob Little.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I've got the same read there. It's um, Yeah, it's strange that, uh, I mean, like I talked about this uh, in the preseason about why I was a little bit concerned about Twale. Um, It just turned out to be a different guy. But like Madge is not afraid to swing the axe very, very quickly. Uh, yeah. He'll you know, drop guys at the... You know the, the drop of the hat whenever, whenever he's in the mood for dropping a guy, he'll drop him.
0: Yeah, so obviously Jacob Little did really well, so he's uh, he's getting his price moving nicely now. Mate, uh, Brooks, he's doing really well um, despite not doing really well, which is probably a good sign.
1: Yeah, I mean like I was a little bit a little bit concerned seeing that Adam Dewey had doubled the kick meters Luke Brooks had um, against the Roosters. So I think that's something to keep an eye on um, yeah. and like Dewey's taken over the goal kicking now as well. Like maybe mm. maybe Brooks's floor is a little bit lower than we first thought.
0: Yeah, I think I'm I'm still projecting him for low 50s. Um I'm definitely keeping an eye on him to sort of see what happens. This game will be interesting to sort of see where, where they end up. Um, they do have a couple of easier games coming up in the schedule as long as he can not be terrible. Uh, and, and he needs to stop kicking the ball out on the full and and sort himself out. Hopefully the Tigers can do something. Um, I think this is this change for the forwards is probably good for him, though. Hopefully they can win a little bit more um, possession. They're going to need it against this big Knights pack, though. So... It'll uh, be interesting to see how how that all shakes out. There's no halves even on the 18-21, to so definitely safe this week. Maybe not as safe if he plays the same way again, I would say. Anyone else for the Tigers we need to get to?
1: Uh, don't buy Zay Mosgrove. Is, is yeah, that good don't
0: buy Yeah, I saw someone talking about him today. Yeah, don't do that. Um, on to the Cowboys. Yes, um, here we go. Who've named an unchanged team. Of course they have because they did so well last week. Oh, no, they lost to the Wooden Spoon favourites. Colin Hess still in the team. <laughs> Not really sure why. I think he's got some nude photos of Todd Payton. Reuben Cotter looks good for someone in a team that doesn't look very good. Jen- Corey Jensen scored well after us uh, recommending him. Um, what did he beat Lenny by? Would be almost ten, I would think. Yeah, I think Jensen. Yeah. Uh, it was ten points. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Jensen looking like a uh, like a good buy if you manage to uh, jump on that pod option. Is there? There's not really anything else. Cowboys was well, is
1: there. I mean, the most interesting thing to me um, that I noticed against, in the game against the Dragons, and it's, I think it's something to keep an eye on if the Cowboys can figure it out, was Scott Drinkwater. He was doing a lot of kicking, and he finished with over 200 kick metres for a fullback, which is very interesting.
0: Yeah, that's the Lachlan Coop, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Todd, Todd Payton's been watching highlights of the 2015 finals, and he's gone, oh, that's what we need. We need a kicking fullback that doesn't know how to set up tries. That'll get us some wins.
1: And we need Lolo playing 50 minutes again.
0: Yep, that's it. Well, that's what he said. It was all back in 2015 when they won the grand final, Tom Malolo played 50 minutes. That's what we're going to do. It's like, okay, mate. but Can you get yeah.
1: you get, can you get yeah. Jonathan Thurston back to it? Your team
0: is not very good. You need to pick some good players. The thing is, I don't really know where they go from here because everyone else on their team is not very good. They gave away all their junior players to other teams. So <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about it. Michael Morgan, why is he scoring 50s?
1: Yeah. I mean, especially at a team that was not
0: great either. Um I just don't really understand how it happened. Uh he's always been pretty good defensively, but he's uh yeah, he's averaging in the mid twenties tackles wise, which has something to do with it. Run meter, so he's actually running the ball. You know, so he's looking at, you know, sort of between running and kicking, he's scoring twenty points or fifteen to twenty points and then twenty something in tackles and then the odd sort of attacking stats. So, mate, if the Cowboys can figure it out, there's no reason Morgo can't go back to a 50-something, you know, consistent average. But I just I couldn't see myself wanting to invest there at the moment. Yeah, no.
1: Myself either. Like, I don't know how you can place faith in this team. And there's just so many other no. good half options around too. Yeah. Um, and, like, I just still think it's very strange that um, both halves are kicking less than their fullback. But-
0: no, that's, that's very odd. Um, it's unpredictable though, I guess. So, you know, good on Todd for trying to do something, but, you know, maybe do something that's not that, um, moving across the Titans. Uh, Brimson is not scoring very well at the moment. I don't expect that to continue. Uh, averaging 23 after the first two rounds, break even in the seventies or eighties, depending on what you're using for your break evens. Um, 8.6% owning. I guess you probably just need to hang on to him. Don't you
1: yeah, I mean, if you've got him, you've got to ride it now, I think. Um, it's very strange that, like, against the Broncos, uh, he only had 83 run meters. I mean, he had four errors as well. So, for, yeah, he's just in a little bit of a down patch, I, I, I think. Um, you know, it's not something we haven't seen from Brimson before. Like, he, he does go through, like, these little bit of lows and then he'll go on this absolutely purple patch and, you know, scoring bloody 50-plus for two months straight. Um uh, yeah, I, I think you just got to hold on to him and he, he's probably someone that a lot of people will be looking to target in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, definitely pencil him into your little black book for for future buys. So we see Ash Taylor dip out for a couple of weeks with a hand injury. Mm. You have to think that's good news for Fogarty.
1: Yeah, like I um, I think I spoke to you or briefly mentioned it this afternoon that, um, you know, Fogarty and Tanner Boyd, like it's only one game, but they played one game together last year and... Um, and Fogarty had 436 kick meters, and Tanner Boyd had 32. So, you know, that gets me a little bit excited for uh, for Fogarty. Uh, maybe he can, you know, add a couple of extra kick meters to his score. Um, but yeah, I definitely wouldn't be jumping on on Boyd. That's yeah.
0: for sure. Uh, that's the next question I was going to ask you: Is what do you think about Boyd? I guess the short time frame means uh, probably mm-hmm. a no, probably a no go. Yeah, um, considering that he's but... not a, he's not a uh, he's not looking like we're gonna we're not projecting him 50 or anything like that.
1: Yeah, exactly, um, you know, especially if if that one game last year is any indication of what we can expect this time, it seems like it could have a fairly low base and you're going to be relying on some attacking stats. But, yeah, who, I mean, we don't know how long Ash Taylor's out for, but I can't imagine it's it's more than a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Probably just avoid him. Mm. Uh, speaking yeah. of players with low bases. <laughs> what a segue. Did you do that on purpose? You didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> right. Which Which of these two players scored more fantasy points this week? Jack Hetherington or Tino Fasur-Malawi?
1: Oh, no. Oh. It could be Is a it, trick question. Please uh, please let it be Tino. Did Tino score more, please?
0: No, Tino did not score oh, more.
1: No. Hetherington,
0: Hetherington got 29 and he got 25. Oh, no. He's averaging 6.5 missed tackles per game across his first two starts. And he doesn't even look interested in completing those tackles. He's just flying out of the line, doing an arms tackle, hitting the player, doing the James Maloney. It's not a bad footy play. He somehow managed to get three Dallien points this week, um, which is a completely different thing. But, um, mate, he he looked fine, but he's, he's, he's definitely more Jack Hetherington than he is, uh, somebody that's good from yeah, a fantasy, from a fantasy perspective, yeah. But
1: I mean, like the thing with Tino, you know, like the thing, the difference between him and Hetherington is that uh, we know he's got these huge attacking games in him. Um, mm. You got to wonder, like, uh, is that purple patch coming soon? Is he yeah. is he maybe a one in a couple of weeks where everyone's jumping off and we're looking to jump on when he's you know four hundred
0: and fifty k? Well, here is the stats. Here was his. This is the only stats that he recorded for this game: twenty six tackles, seven missed. 139 run metres, full stop. Yeah, it's... Uh, no tackle bus, no offloads. It's
1: not inspiring, is it?
0: No, but it definitely... I'm definitely looking at him as a buy target. I think my value point for him is something with a four in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we... You know, if you if you look at the price predictor on the, on the app, if he scores... Forty-five, which is about where I have him projected, um, loses ten k, and then and then sort of starts moving laterally and then up again at forty-five. So you know, at five hundred and thirty, I'll think I'd be forced to have a look at him. Um, but he just kind of feels like maybe there's like there's not much difference between him and Kate. Well, at that point, and why would I spend a trade for it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm what said that said if you were one of the uh, million or well, you know the, the heap of people who own him what would you be doing would you be riding
0: this or would you be looking to dump
1: him mate
0: you got to hold yeah got to hold like at this point like he absolutely like the cowboys uh, mate he could score 80 this week um or he sco- could score 22 i don't know but yeah you can you you you're pot committed now so to speak um you know you you need to keep him i think the good news is everybody else is already got the same scores out of him than you have, all, well, all the people that didn't list to, listen to us in the preseason anyway. <laughs> um, and um, everyone that's trading him now, they've gotten two bad scores out of him trading him and they're not going to be there for the good ones if they happen. So, I mean, it just really depends on what you believe about Tino. I know what I believe about Tino, which is that, you know, I think his ceiling in this Titans team is in the high 40s, early 50s um, in terms of a season-long average and his floor is... 38 to 40 mm. um, as a season-long average. Um, but, you know, that uh, that missed tackle, he needs to sort out that missed tackle stat. I'll probably give him one more week, and then if he puts up a similar amount of missed tackles again, i would probably be looking to move even like going down to a guy like O'Sullivan who we say we're going to give him a week, you know, type of thing. Because his break even is not out of control. It's 54. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, I mean, I I I I wouldn't be silly enough to have started with Tino, but um, <laughs> now that I mind you, Kate Wells not doing much better. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think you just sort of need to wait this week. If he if he sucks against the Cowboys, then you probably just um, put him in the toilet. And the good news is it's only Sunday afternoon, so you'll only have to look at him for about twelve hours before you can trade rage trade him out. So. <laughs> Um, mate, David Fafita, two tries, 73, actually is not that exciting, but he was my captain, so I love him. Mm-hmm. What's your – I mean, obviously, we have we knew what Fafita was, which is a boom or bust sort of guy, and he does score tries. Um Only 65 minutes, probably a function of him not needing to play 80. Or no, was that a HIA?
1: Yeah, it was a HIA.
0: Yeah, that's right. I do remember that now that I rewatched that game. Yeah, so, I mean, he probably would have been in the 80s if he had stayed on the field. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, no, definitely uh, good game from Fafita. Uh, is there anyone else there to talk about? Uh, Fodawake has been slow and steady, but he's probably more of a later on end of season type of guy if if there's no better options.
1: He, he sort of reminds me a little bit of um, Kapow. Like he, he's just not really getting the minutes anymore. Like there's just so many other options in that pack now. Like, you know, he's probably going to average in the low 50s just because he's only getting like, you know, 45 to 50 minutes a game.
0: Yep. Um, and, I'm, and I guess the only other one really to talk about, um, Jared Wallace has gone huge, but that, he can't sustain that, is uh, Peachy, who's played 51 and 45 minutes the two weeks, uh, 34, which is pretty good for a center, um, but definitely more of an upgrade to later target than a buy-now target. I think he's not going out of control anytime soon. I'd, be, I'd prefer to get Kotrick.
1: Yeah, for Um, sure. Um, And you know, like this is what, like, if anyone owns Peachy, like, don't panic. You know, if if you bought him, the yeah, if you bought him, this is what you had to expect from him. You know, like he's not one of those guys that um, is a consistent one ppm every week. You know, he's one of those guys that you know he'll throw up a you know a twenty five in forty five minutes, and and then the next week he could have sixty. You know, he's, he's just one of those guys. Peach coaster. Yes.
0: All right, so that brings us to the end of the uh, team list part. So I'm just going to rip through the questions, and we were trying to keep this episode short, but we've done the terrible job of that. <laughs> um, who do we play out of Jimmy the Jet and Avarillo? Avarillo plays the Bron- Broncos. Uh,
1: who's Jimmy the Jet got this week? Newcastle. Mm. Um, oh, I'd probably go Jimmy the Jet, I think. Is is uh, ceilings higher than Avarillo's?
0: Yeah, I'd flip a coin because I'd play Avarillo. Oh, really? Um, yeah, um, Brimson to Kotrick, uh, long time plan. Kotrick at keeper centre, but using in the wing fullback for now. Uh, seems sideways to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it all right. So let me ask you the question: What do you project Kotrick at, and what do you project Brimson at season? Yeah,
1: five? No, fair point. Very fair point. I'd probably project Kotrick about forty-five. Brimson probably you know
0: fifty to fifty-five. Um, yeah. Yeah. So don't do it. Roberts to Bird. Or Turpin to Radley. Uh,
1: I wouldn't be neither. getting Radley this week.
0: Neither. Uh, I, I, I would don't. suggest that you hang on to both Roberts and Turpin, do your first trade, which is Davy DeShuster, and save your other one.
1: Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree.
0: Yep. Um, thoughts on Roberts swapping sides? If that's what happens. No, Talal will play on the left. Uh, is Turpin worth holding given reports? Did and trading at nine. Uh, I think we covered that. We're holding Turpin?
1: Yeah, I think I'm holding Turpin. I haven't seen those reports of him at nine, but uh, if um, if Dins in the 17 this week, maybe definitely uh, start to look at trading Turpin next week, but I'd be holding Turpin this week.
0: Yep. Trade Brandon Smith for Isaiah Papali'i or hold?
1: I'd, I'd be trading. I'd be making that trade.
0: Yep, I like it. Um, what's the reason for people trading out Yahoo this week? Panikers. The first comment is people are stupid, which I think is a, uh, yes, that is the correct answer.
1: Yeah, don't panic Um, if you have Ducky. uh,
0: Upgrade middle forward to AFB Papali Vaughn. I prefer Papali of the three of those, but I think maybe don't get any of them. I agree, yeah. Um, Maybe look at, unless your name's Rob McStay, you could look at Isaiah. (laughs) Um, are we worried about Schuster not playing the full 80 on the edge? Uh,
1: who's on that manly bench? They've got Cust, Boyle, Kepi, and Aloye.
0: Three props. But I guess Aloye can play on the edge.
1: I guess. Uh, oh, I mean, it's it's certainly a possibility. But I mean, even if he's playing 60, you'd think he's yeah, getting in the mid 30s. Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: nah, not worried. Uh, definitely considering the idea that it could happen, but not worried about it. Uh, is Kotrick a better, oven, better option than Heimel Hunt? Yes.
1: Yes, 100%.
0: Would we trade Hodgson for Mitch Kenny? Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Is Schuster worth bringing bringing in while Siriann only possibly out for three weeks? Yes.
1: Yeah, I think so because, I mean, like his break-even is so low now, even if he only gets three weeks, if he scores 40, say he averages 40 for three weeks, he'll make 120K. You know, like it's not quite enough, but it's still quite a bit.
0: Yeah. I think uh, I I feel pretty confident with Schuster um, that uh, he's he's set up for success and, and there's a couple of different things that could that could go his way that would make him relevant long term.
1: Yeah, I mean and if, if you if you are feeling risk averse, Sean O'Sullivan's right there as well. Yeah.
0: Well that's the second part of the question is what do we think about Sean O'Sullivan? So yeah, yeah if you yeah, if you are if you're worried about Schuster, the safer but probably lower upside option is O'Sullivan. Uh, RFM out for three to four months. Waddell, we covered. Probably go for somebody cheaper that has a similar projection like Colin Matangi.
1: Yeah, like Waddell's not a bad buy by any means. He's just, uh, there's just other guys that are cheaper. I, I think that'll average about the same.
0: Yep. Uh, can we fix Davy's knee? I wish.
1: <laughs> I would sacrifice my own knee for him. You, yep. Mark's only got one, so like he, he yeah, cuts.
0: I'll give him my knee and I'll <laughs> have none. Um, Ryan you did the same tra- trade as Charles oh, no. last week Davy and Veryls what are you doing this week
1: yeah I, I, this are probably like I still don't think they were bad trades but they were probably the worst outcome trades I've ever had trade. bringing in uh, Davy and Verils, and then we Davy goes down four minutes in and we find out Veryl's is actually a month away instead of next week um, what I'm doing is obviously Davy is a trade I'm, I'm holding Veryls because I think he's someone you're going to want in your team regardless Um yeah. It's just a shame that's going to be, you know, three, four weeks instead of one or two. Uh, but I'd hold barrels trading Davy to probably either O'Sullivan or Schuster, I'm not too sure yet, one of the two.
0: Yep. With RFM out, is Elliot a good pickup? I'm not sure that those two things are uh, impact each other.
1: Yeah, no, I think Elliot was in the team regardless. I think it affects Widdell more than Elliot.
0: Yep. Who do we captain this week out of? Jaden Brawley, Angus Crichton, Teddy or Fafita?
1: oh i'd probably go i'm probably i'm well i am i'm going angus in his revenge game
0: yep angus or Fafida if you want a pod schuster and bird to uh oh, trade in options for davy and moylan yes to davy to schuster uh probably look for somebody better for moisa than bird
1: yeah yeah i mean i mean like you highlighted earlier bird had a pretty good score last week um I mean, it depends on what position he needs. It seems like he doesn't need a wing fullback if he's trading Moylan to, to Bird.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you only need somebody as a bench or a scorer instead of uh, someone in the backs, I'd probably have a look at, I mean, even Tessie New or Dane Laurie, if you don't have either one of those guys.
1: I mean, like um, if position doesn't matter, just get Schuster and O'Sullivan.
0: Yeah, good call. Um, yeah, if you can avoid that, obviously, unless it's a swap from sort of fullback center with Tessy Tessie or something like that. But um, Yeah, more yeah. maybe like, like
1: Momborowski's well he's four twenty now I guess. Uh, he's a bit expensive. Yeah. What other are, are there any other centers in that sort of price range? Not
0: not really. Um, I I think if that's your best option, I don't hate it. Uh, but I think you can come up with something better possibly. Looking to trade out Turpin and talkiaho thoughts.
1: Mark give okay. him a smack.
0: Don't do it, and I'm going to come and give you a smack. Papa Lee or Ryan James for under 600k.
1: Probably easily yeah. by a mile.
0: Yeah, comfortably by 15 points per game on average. I reckon
1: at least by about by about eight lengths. Yes, yeah. length of the
0: Flemington straight. Yeah, uh, Schuster at 12 must have. Um, I don't know if I'd say must, but strong option.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't go must have just just because of that time frame. Like if he didn't have a clock on him, I'd say yeah, probably. Close to must-have, but yeah, uh, still a very good option. Though
0: uh, this one's very topical. Ryan, uh, did your lorikeets that chirp in the background survive while you're away on holidays?
1: <laughs> they did, mate. I came back this afternoon, and there was about seven, um, seven of them on the balcony, waiting, wanting some grapes. So I think they missed me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can we can hear them. Uh, what do we think of Josh Jackson? We gave you our thoughts on Josh Jackson.
1: Yeah, um, but I mean, I think with the Josh. Uh, I think worst case for him is he holds his price. Like, I don't think he's going to go backwards from 600K, like, unless he gets injured, obviously. But I I, I do think there's upside there for, uh, like, a 50s average.
0: Josh Jackson or Isaiah Papaliti?
1: I'd probably go Papaliti to be honest, just because I think his PPM is stronger. um, and Yeah, there's more upside there.
0: Yeah, and you can save 25K. Exactly. Do you reckon Kenny will play the 80 or will Tyrone May steal some minutes? I think he'll play 80 most weeks.
1: Yeah, I thought that Kenny uh, sorry that yeah, Kenny wasn't gonna play eighty last week against the dogs, but then he did. So I don't know why that would change now. If yeah. Yeah. I think he's probably gonna play eighty most weeks. Is Ben Hunt
0: a great pod and keeper? Well, I mean he certainly had a great game against the Cowboys, but uh Yeah, in fairness I could have played half back for the Dragons and scored seventy something points against the Cowboys. I would suggest that there isn't really a, any benefit to going him over a guy like Adam Reynolds and you're paying a lot more.
1: Yeah, no, agreed. Um, you'd have to think his average is going to correct at some point.
0: Yeah. Do we think Isaiah Papali is going to play 80? I think we already covered that. Bradman Best or Tyrone Peachy?
1: I mean, if price isn't a factor, I, I, I think Bradman Best is probably going to average more than Peachy over the course yep. of the year.
0: Or Kotrick better.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Kotrick's probably the better Choice in terms of value, um, but if yeah, if price isn't a factor, best is probably the top.
0: You don't you don't think that uh, Kotrick's going to out average best, full stop, off the off stick.
1: Probably not, just because of the dog's scoring potential. I, I just don't know how many tries he's going to get because mm. of how you know poor their attack is currently.
0: Yeah. Okay, mate. Uh, I'll, I'll flip a coin on that because I would probably recommend Kotrick as over the three of them. And oh, I think yeah. The,
1: no, 100%. I agree. He's, I'd recommend he's the
0: cheapest. The three, just yeah. Because, just
1: because he is the cheapest. You know, there's a whole lot more value there. I'm just saying in terms of where the centers are going to shake out in, you know, by the Small end of problem. the year. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think you could easily end up with two or three of those best peachy, Kotrick and Lomax, mm. um, possibly is looking like the very early shout for a top Top four centres. Uh, O'Sullivan and Schuster, the best cash cows this week, and who's our cash cow of the week? Yeah, It depends whether you're a risk taker or a slow and steady wins the race guy, I think.
1: No, well, I mean, this is a Warriors fan podcast, so Sean O'Sullivan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you had to choose only two to bring in this week, Schuster, Alvaro, or Satili uh who would you leave out? I would leave out Satili Tupanua.
1: Yeah, I'd leave that to Bernard as well just because of how much more expensive he is. saying yeah. that gosh.
0: Yep. And last question, is it too early to quit the game? <laughs> <laughs> or how how do I quit the game?
1: Uh, just yeah, I just saw the app. Yep. <laughs> I I had that I i felt like doing that after um after Davey went down in the
0: fourth just, minute. Just <laughs> just make sure you put Jason Tomalolo as your captain before you do it. <laughs> There's always at like end of the season when Tom Lolo's out for like six weeks and he's got like 30% of people with him as the captain. And it's all those like ghost teams that gave up like one of one of like Juzzy's seven teams that he made and picked the best two and 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 like screenshots as one of his 12 captains that he's got for the week. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that'll just about do us. Um, obviously, we've had a really another really short podcast here at 99 minutes. So, Thank you very much for uh, choosing to listen to us and um, enjoy the weekend of footy coming up.
1: Yeah, make sure to give us a follow on uh, Twitter and Facebook, and I'm pumping out some good fantasy TikToks as well if you're interested. Yeah,
0: yeah. let's let's get the let's get the TikTok moving. If if everybody, uh, if you guys don't have TikTok, uh, you don't actually have to do any dancing. Just go on there and like videos of uh, footy players doing stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pumping them out on the regular.
0: Great. All right.
1: Catch you guys. Love you guys.